So in the, one of the earlier presentations, uh, the presenter began with the best points first, and I'm going to begin with the worst slide first. It bounces around, <laughs> and I promise it's the only one that's going to bounce like that. But I bounced it because most people who work on issues of, that involve human rights, when they hear business, their first thought is, they have two thoughts. One, we've got to hold them accountable because they do a lot of bad stuff. And two, maybe they could donate money. So I'm, I'm flipping it around a bit. I'm looking at the positive case, positive cases, recognizing that there, there are businesses that thrive on conflict and thrive on the lack of peace. But I'm going to be looking at businesses that are making a difference towards peace. Uh, so, uh, as Isabella mentioned, you can find many of these resources on the website. Uh, the research side that I won't talk about today includes one, a publication that I did together with the uh, Institute for Economics and Peace. Uh, earlier we heard from uh, Murray on that, on uh, five questions about peace and religion, which you can find on the website as well. And uh, that also is part of a... a some of the thinking behind that study came from a book I did with a colleague, Roger Finke, called The Price of Freedom Denied, um, uh, that came out a, a few years ago. So, this is the question I'll try to answer, and hopefully I can convince you that uh, this, this question can be answered in a positive way. Um, but maybe you're skeptical like these ladies are. So what I've been working on for the past uh, three going on four years is collecting case studies and uh, where I find business leaders who are advancing interfaith understanding, religious freedom and peace, uh, then together with the United Nations, Global Compact Business for Peace uh, platform and the United Nations Alliance of Civilization, we give them awards. Uh, the, first, the first biennial awards were in Rio uh, last September in conjunction with the Paralympics. So let me show you, just to give you a flavor of what these kind of business are, these are 12 of the finalists for the Global Business and Interfaith Peace Awards. Thing for diversity and inclusion. 
Both through her organization and individual involvement, Cathy Island has supported the Hardwired Initiative to empower leaders in advancing freedom in the face of religious oppression and has raised the call to defend Yazidi women in Iraq. Perpetuating the trend in Indonesian poverty is the fact that many people lack the basic government documentation required for formal jobs. YW Junadi has used his business know-how to host mass weddings that allow Indonesians to get marriage licenses, which allow their children to obtain legal status and receive education and other government benefits. Witnessing extreme poverty in Mozambique, Don Larson, founder of Sunshine Nut Company, started a business that works to revive the country's economy by providing work for tens of thousands and donates 90% of its profits to rescue local orphans and strengthen the community. Fuad Maksumi has watched the effect of Islamic fundamentalism on the youth of his country, in contrast with the good his own son was able to accomplish through business and has used his organization to empower thousands of young entrepreneurs to establish sustainable businesses and hundreds of thousands to receive vocational training. The Foundation for Religious Literacy, created by Bruce McEver, helps professionals comprehend the business value in understanding and embracing religious pluralism in the workplace through its collaborative lectures and seminars. Baroness Nicholson, founder of the Amar Foundation, has championed the cause of helping displaced Iraq women, regardless of faith or ethnicity, to cope with the horrendous atrocities of war, providing mental and physical health treatment and offering resources for recreation, education and vocational training. Seeing the struggles that many immigrants face when relocating to Canada, Abdul Ibrahim Al-Tassi works to provide training and development opportunities for newcomers. He has provided $1.7 million to immigrants in interest-free loans for business startups, mortgages, and university tuition. Taiba Taylor, 1952-2014, was a tireless international voice for Muslim women everywhere. Through her magazine and advocacy efforts, she helped people of all faiths to broaden their perceptions of the lives and potential of Muslim women as she worked to reveal their true accomplishments and talent. Conflict in Uganda has left many widowed mothers without the means to provide for their children. Brittany Underwood uses her mission-driven enterprise in order to empower local women through industry giving them the means to provide for their families and escape crushing poverty. So all of these, uh, these 12 stories, you can find extended case studies on our website. Uh, I'll just talk about one of them. These are all people I've uh, had the privilege to get to know in the past several years. Um, and they're part of a growing network of business leaders that uh, care about these things. Fuad Makzumi, uh, who you saw a short clip of, let me give a little more information about what he does. During a 15-year civil war, 
many youth in Lebanon forwent their education as they became increasingly involved with religious fundamentalism, leading to unemployment and economic stagnation. Fouad Maksoumi, CEO of Future Pipes Industries Group Limited, witnessed how his late son's youthful energy and cross-cultural savvy triggered exponential growth as his son provided a positive vision for productive and socially responsible business. Maksoumi and his foundation have helped empower thousands by harnessing this same youthful enthusiasm for entrepreneurship and religious freedom. His microcredit training for Lebanese people of all faiths has helped over 10,000 individuals set up sustainable businesses and hundreds of thousands more are receiving vocational training. So the night before the awards in September, I got a text, or two nights before, I got a text from him saying that he couldn't come, but he was able to send this acceptance speech. For honoring me with the global business and interfaith I'm humbled and overwhelmed. I'm accepting this award on behalf of all sufferers of the religious discrimination in our region, because I believe in dignity and integrity of the human race. As a Muslim, I was taught to believe in tolerance and openness through dialogue and sharing in true spirit of partnership, respect of others' belief, and diversity of opinion. This respect, when adopted by all, encourages men and women to work together without prejudice and prejudgment and support each other to secure a better quality of life, creating new opportunities and a brighter future for the underprivileged the disenchanted with the current global economic and political state of affairs and the desperate, and offer them a better alternative to slipping into the dark world of extremism and terrorism, where they were promised a different life and an alternative to our way of living. Religious freedom will encourage civil society to work together to generate a positive and collaborative economy to improve our Religious freedom will encourage men and women to respect each other's belief and accept them as equal in life. My wife May and I will continue our mission to encourage interfaith freedom and tolerance to help provide a better future for our children and grandchildren in Lebanon and in the world. So I didn't say the reason he couldn't come. He said he was having plane trouble and uh, he couldn't get the part flown in in time to uh, get there. So it, it made me decide that, that I'm glad I don't own my own jet. Um, well, uh, sometimes working with uh, you know, people that have uh, lots and lots of money, this is just one of the many living rooms in his palace by, on the Mediterranean in Beirut, uh, but uh, I'm sitting beside him on the right-hand corner, he convened a group of business leaders, several ambassadors, uh, the um, uh, papal nuncio, head of uh, Lebanese television, and he said to me, Brian, tell them what you're doing and why they should get behind it and what they can do. Uh, there's a great convening power uh, that has, and Liz uh, Carmichael, you were telling the convening power that business people have had in South Africa to address the problems there. So in that convening, uh, the woman with the long, light hair sitting beside me to the left 
uh, is, uh, has done some remarkable things. Uh, you'll get to see her in this next short video about how Lebanon is one. And as Fuad began the meeting, he said, because we had Sunni, Shia, Maronite, you know, Druze in this room. He said, where else in the world could you have a, a country that were just killing each other a few years ago come together and rebuild a nation? So here's uh, some of the efforts that are coming from one business sector, uh, sector media and, and entertainment. Tanya Casas uh, did a has gone on tour performing Ave Maria, which you heard a part of, uh, in concert with the Islamic prayer call. So, a video. If you want to Google it, you can see one Lebanon Islamic prayer call Ave Maria with two um, essentially imams standing on stage leading the Islamic prayer call, and she comes out in the middle singing Ave Maria. Ave Maria. Of course, Muslims and Christians both. Uh, recognize the uh, virgin birth of Christ. Well, uh, so let me come back to some questions uh, and look at it from a different angle. How can business build interfaith understanding and peace? Some of the efforts that we do, we heard about in uh, Colombia with the um, uh, chocolate business. There's a similar business in Venezuela. Um, so I, I was just recently at visiting some of the refugee camps on the uh, Lebanese-Syrian border. Um, and just 10 minute ride, 10 minute ride from the border, uh, you come across this sign. And the University of St. Joseph, it's a Jesuit university in, um, in Beirut, but they have a, a project farm, a church. And on the farm, uh, it's, it's turned into one of the most award-winning farms, perhaps in the world, where they're doing sustainable agriculture and teaching Lebanon how to actually create sustainable business, green business. And as you walk through the farm, and you can take an eco-tour, you come across a beautiful lake in the statue of Our Lady. And then on either side of her, uh, there are different plaques of uh, verses from the Quran and from the Bible uh, about Mary. And of course, there's a whole book in the Quran named Mary, uh, or Maryam. So it's interesting, the solutions that can be found right within the fabric of society, of ways to bring people together. Well, moving on to beyond, besides the religious, the business side was very interesting on the same farm. Uh, it's, a run, it's now run by an NGO called uh, Arc-en-Ciel. I can't say it right. It's rainbow in French. 
Um, and uh, this is a workshop where they make wheelchairs, and each of these guys is handicapped. And they, uh, you know, invited me in, told me their stories, and they're, you know, you can look at them, they sort of look all the same, but they are just like this picture we saw from Tanya's video. Each of them was a different ethnicity, religion, or nationality, all working together, and it's that business. And they just said, you know, beforehand they wouldn't have gotten along, but because they could come to this place where they had a common mission of making wheelchairs for other handicapped people, you know, they, now their lives are turned around, and they get along, and they're great friends. Well, so as you can see, I, I enjoy videos. Uh, one of the um, uh, things that we're offering is a global competition for one to three minute films on uh, the connection between religious freedom, interfaith understanding, uh, peace, and business. Uh, so if you know any female filmmakers, this is with the Middle East Women's Leadership Network. Uh, it, it can be, you don't have to be a Middle Eastern woman, but you do have to be a woman to enter. Uh, grand prize is $5,000 and a trip to uh, present her film at the Global Business and Interfaith Peace Awards in Seoul, Korea, which our awards are following the Olympics every two years, winter and summer. So then the, we'll be focusing on Asia a lot because it'll be Japan uh, for the 2020 Summer Olympics and then Beijing in 2022. Well, is there any interest of, on this in the uh, UK? Recently, Baroness Annalay of the Foreign and Commonwealth Office convened a large meeting um, at the FCO uh, on religious freedom and its uh, potential to build peace and counter uh, violent extremism. Uh, we had a panel uh, that I convened and the fellow on the far left uh, is uh, a, a principal from uh, Ernst & Young, or EY, and they've developed a new program on religious literacy for organizations. Um, so that's, uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the business world, business people recognizing they need to understand these things. And, uh, and because Fuad on, on the left couldn't make it to Rio, he did meet me at uh, Parliament, and we gave the, their awards with Baroness Nicholson, who also couldn't make it to Rio, and we had a, a little awards ceremony in, um, in, uh, in the Houses of Parliament. Now, some of you may recognize this, this fellow on the right. Um, if you go to anywhere in the world, everybody's heard of Manchester United, and this is the reason why. Uh, this is Sir Alex Ferguson. And one of the things that we've been learning is uh, how can we take some of the business know-how and apply it to help helping to bring people together. So we have a program we've been piloting in Manchester called Launching Leaders. Uh, that brings people of different faiths together to learn core values and express them and talk about spirituality and, and whether God plays a part or doesn't play a part in who you're going to marry, if you're going to marry, what you're going to study, what you're going to do in life. Uh, and so uh, Sir Alex Ferguson came along for our, to our awards. Our coordinator in Manchester is uh, Hina Parvez, um, a young woman seeking asylum in the UK from uh, Pakistan. And here's a little of her story. Women and minorities face numerous challenges in Pakistan. Nobel Peace Laureate Malala, the young Muslim woman, was shot in the head for advocating education for girls. Asia Bibi, a Pakistani Christian mother, has been on death row since 2010, facing accusations of blasphemy. 
It is in this volatile religious climate that Hina Parves, the young Catholic from Pakistan, fears heading back to. The opportunities she has and the leadership role she holds in the UK are something she can only dream of as a Catholic in Pakistan. In Manchester, she works with Muslims, Christians, Buddhists and Jews to improve anti-Catholic relations in the wider community. Her work with the Religious Freedom and Business Foundation has become a catalyst for social and commercial enterprises, including Empowerment Plus communities for refugees and the marginalised. Hina's innovative spirit is flourishing due to the religious freedom she experiences in the UK. Increasing religious freedom in Pakistan could help more people like Hina to overcome religious barriers and to positively contribute to society and economy. So the program that she's uh, helping me coordinate and, and pilot in Manchester is meant to um, be piloted so we can scale it up globally. We're looking to take some of these courses and offer them through the Open University, having them translated into Arabic uh, and uh, other languages, so that would give us a global platform. Uh, in addition to the Launching Leaders course, we also have a course on finding a better job. Uh, it's it's uh, job search skills, so how to, it would help almost everybody in today's society, but uh, anybody who's uh, looking to present themselves for an interview, so it gives you the oral skills, how to present yourself, written skills, networking skills. Um, we also uh, accompany that with an interfaith values course. Uh, that uh, includes scriptures from various traditions, so foundational principles on uh, everything from time management to what's it all about, so taking care of not just yourself, but your family and your society. Uh, and then uh, another course that we're um, offering is a Master of Business on the Streets, an MBS, uh, how to uh, you know, get, a, get a, a small business up and running. So all of that we're looking to pilot in Lebanon, and I uh, put this up for uh, John. This is, you'll recognize this is the entrance to the um, Museum of Antiquities in, in Beirut that uh, we talked about last night. So uh, I'm going to conclude with two other short videos um, to try to answer my question again. And the first one, you may have seen these. Uh, this is a... Another powerful way business can change culture and change narratives. Um, the conflict between Pakistan and India is one that uh, most businesses wouldn't want to tackle, but one did. The relationship between India and Pakistan is one that has seen a lot of flaws. It's stressful, it's tense. It seems it's not improving and it's getting worse. It's only been 60 years that we have been apart. Before that, we were living harmoniously together. I think all the strife would go away. It took away the Bhagavad in the middle of the two countries. It saddens me that we have this neighbor that we can't even go visit. They had this perception that they were doing in the head that that's the bad guy. But when they actually meet him, they realize, you know what, just like me. Mainly because there's no communication. They're near us, but we have no access to them. And it's sad. Because together, I think we would do wonders.
creating an environment where young people can exchange ideas, thoughts, gestures, and take away that communication gap that exists. So if I have any opportunity to go to India, I'll surely go there. The whole idea of actually touching hands, it's like communicating with each other without words. And that action speaks louder than anything else. This is what we're supposed to do, right? We're going to take minor steps so that we are going to solve bigger issues. It is more about, you know, how similar we are as opposed to how different we are. Togetherness, humanity, this is what we want. More and more exchange. I do not own any Coca-Cola stock or represent the company. Uh, I showed this at the National Defense University in Washington, D.C. that trains about 100 uh, generals and colonels, people at that level, from around the world, uh, so foreign military officers. In the front row were sitting two uh, generals from India in my presentation, and in the back were two from Pakistan. Afterwards, they came up with really tears in their eyes, and they said, that's exactly right, that's what we want. What a power uh, media has to change hearts and minds. Well, in conclusion, uh, this is one that was uh, out, you, you probably saw this, um, uh, out before Christmas here in the UK, and it was the first, uh, well, I'll say that at, it was the first, it was also shown in the United States. Uh, I was in an airport lounge in Dubai, and the whole place stopped to watch this ad. That's certainly worth a thousand words. So you can find uh, many of these resources on, on our website. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. And I think you can see why I said that Brian has a way of connecting business and peace and religion in extraordinary and creative ways. I'm very grateful to him. Also, my attention was snagged by a phrase that you used, Brian, which is you work with people with lots and lots of money. And um, Liz would think we'd be very remiss if we didn't also, and I know that you have the materials on the efforts to raise the funds here at Oxford for endowed chair in peace studies. So um, 
maybe in the not too distant future, that will be another clip you could present <laughs> at our conference uh, showing how the amount has been funded and that this important work can continue here. So uh, do keep that I, in I'm mind. Looking forward, I'm looking forward to making that clip, if uh, God willing. Thank you. Yeah. See that? <laughs> do, do you want any questions?